podcast. Welcome to the Queer Arabs podcast. This is Alia. And Ellie. And we are the Queer Arabs. I'm Saudi American and a lesbian. I am bi-trans Lebanese and we are recording here in America. And we're speaking to someone amazing who <laughs> goes by several babe names, which I think is so awesome. <laughs> so yes. we have Caitlin or KT, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, what do most people call you, would you say? Uh, it depends. Like back in Jersey, um, people call me Katie. Okay. Um, when I moved out to Los Angeles, people started calling me Katie. But yeah. then when I started like establishing more like professional relationships, you know, from like signing emails, I say Caitlin. Oh, um, I love it. I love so it. it's just like a different kind of like tracking system I have, I guess. Yeah, I love that so much. <laughs> yeah, because um, yeah, we get it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so anyway, our guest is comprised of multiple babes into one babe and basically um what what do you do what do you do in los angeles yeah what do you well i'm currently a student um Mm -hmm. at cal arts um and so i do a bunch of different stuff i guess i am i'm in studying fine arts at school and i do like installation work um so like sculpture video performance s type stuff awesome um other than that i play a lot of cards and chess nice yeah, and I like worked uh, with my school's library a lot, so I do all those different things. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. Yeah. Um, something I loved about how you described yourself is a Mick Egyptian brat. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I mean, listeners might be able to tell like why like Mick Egyptian what that is, but I guess can you describe your background? Yeah, um, so I'm mixed. Uh, my mom was born in Cairo, um, and so my family on my mom's side is all Coptic, Egyptian. Um, my dad's <laughs> an Irishman, I guess, who was born like in Detroit, so it's like very like Midwestern Irish. Um, and I use the term like Mick Egyptian because like I feel I've been thinking a lot about like different kinds of like assimilation, you know, in America, and like Mick is this kind of like commercialized, easily packaged idea of like, I feel like sometimes I'm like that kind of version of Egyptian, but also yeah, like a Mick is like a, like a Irish kind of like suffix maybe, you know, to a lot of like names. Well, we've seen that sort of Mick usage before with Mick job and whatnot. And <laughs> yeah. It doesn't really tar- carry the best meaning something like a lot of the time, so. But with the, the Irish, like the meaning of um, the Irish ele- element, I think it's really cool, and I love it. I think it's really clever, and yeah. I mix kids represent. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it's it's funny. It's our parents are the opposite. So my dad's the Middle Eastern one. My mom has the Irish side. Oh, cool. They're they're kind of partially Irish, so I totally identify, um, and. Yeah, it's really cool to get someone on who is cop who has a Coptic background. Like that's a first for us. So oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. So, um, all right. So first, I guess, when did you? I guess you said you're an artist and a curator, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. When did yeah. you start um, doing that work? Yes. How, did you, get, how did you get started? I guess. How did you get into that? Well, uh, I guess I'll have to start. I mean, I'm sure you guys are familiar, like about like uh, being like kids of immigrants. Mm-hmm. I'm sure, or like yeah, yeah, like, a little experience with that. Yeah, <laughs> especially Ellie. Um, and the kind of expectations of like career paths. Um, yeah. And so my mom is a designer, but she wasn't like acknowledged, like allowed to pursue that, like in the way um, that she wanted to, and that she is now. So she like. As like a business degree instead of like going to design school i went to design school like later on so my mom was always like really supportive of me like getting into the arts you know and we would do stuff like together when i was younger like I, she taught me how to sew and like she was like oh like this is how you do figure drawing and stuff like that so um cool. she was like really supportive of me like i was talking to my sister this morning about how like i'm the favorite because i'm like living out her dream um Aww. and so i think I that's it. where i got a lot of the support um yeah I don't know, like, desire I guess, to do those things but it's yeah. I don't know, it's awesome I love what I do um, awesome. um so yeah. what 
I guess, can you give an example of like one piece of yours that just means a lot to you? I know it's maybe what's your it's, favorite, or what's your favorite piece, or maybe your favorite piece of, of my own work, of your yeah. own work. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited about the piece that I'm working on now called Coptic Babe, Coptic Dyke, which is the one that I sent over to you guys. Yes. And I was like, whoa, like you guys are talking about the same kind of things that I have been like researching and trying to understand on my own. Yeah. Um, and so I was like very excited to like, find you guys and be able to listen to your podcast. Are we, we're awesome. posting it to the website, right? The piece or? Um, up to Kate, Caitlin. Hmm? If, if you want us to post it on our site, like, yeah, no, that'd be us. super cool. Um, All right, so you won't be able to see the Coptic Bag, top, Coptic Dyke piece on the website. However, where else could we see it, say, coming up in November? <laughs> well, look at that leading question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that leads us to um, can you tell us about what's going to go on in New York soon? Yeah, um, an exhibition of sorts hosted by um, Flux Factory called Mark for Redaction is opening up. Um, yeah. I'm also in the same position where I don't know all of the details. Um, yeah. But it, uh, it's got it's, like 30 different like cool. queer artists, relationships with like Swana in mm -hmm. the respective diaspora. Um, yeah. And yeah. it's at Flux Factory in um, Queens. And it's, yeah. it's really cool because uh, Caitlin brought it up to us. Katie brought it up to us and was like, <laughs> Hey, so there's this thing I'm gonna be at, and then it's the same. It's the same exhibit that Ellie and I will be at in November. So, small world, small queer Middle Eastern world, love it. Slash Swana world. Um, so yeah, I I love it. Um, and what kind of, is your mom? You said your mom's pretty like Supportive. naturally well, like artistic herself. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's a designer. She designs like women's accessories. Cool. Uh, oh, cool. Which is really cool and sweet. She designs like shrugs, I guess, you know, and like scarves. Ooh. Like fascinators is what she's doing for, you know, like flowers and stuff. Yeah. Put in there. Um, awesome. Yeah, but she does like a lot of like shawls. It's oh, really so nice. Cool. It's like she does the. Um, different kinds of like uh, like embellishments, you know, yeah. with like all the different like stones. She makes those and puts them up on the fur and like other fabrics. Um, yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, would we see her work in any particular stores? Uh, no, she has an Etsy. Um, oh. and she, in the fall, she goes to a bunch of different like trunk shows across like the East Coast. So, like, I think nice. she was going up down to like DC and she does like a bunch of them in Connecticut and New York City. Oh, awesome! Um, but she is she's like like independent in her design. So cool. So cool. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I guess like, can you talk a little more about Coptic Babe, Coptic Dyke, and like what it entails? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've seen it. Um, yeah. we even have the document open right now, but it would be better. Oh, cool. Yeah, I have from you. Out too, and I was just like, do I need to like rehearse for talking about it? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, we have it open, but I feel like it's yeah. better hearing no, it from you like um yeah so coptic babe coptic dyke um is like kind of me like unpacking like this idea of like being enough in two different like identities like being enough of like an egyptian to claim being egyptian or being like queer enough in different ways mm -hmm. um and just looking at like the complexity of like different signifiers in your identity um and so like back in January, I was just like playing around with like multiple different names, you know, and how those how those are related, you know, like yeah. how like Abadir is my mom's maiden name and Malali is my father's maiden name. Oh, but not maiden name, I guess, just name, last just, name. Yeah, um, I, I get it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I divided those names into like six different babes who have different qualities. I love it. Um, yeah, so I think like right now I'm like a lot like confused, babe. Confused babe, mm -hmm. like uh, her name, like identifies most strongly with Abadir, um, and she doesn't straighten her hair anymore. <laughs> like she knows that she's a lesbian, and she like calmly looks at her past and present and tries to understand it. Yeah. Um, instead of like reckless babe, who just likes driving fast and partying and like <laughs> making rash decisions. Yeah. Um, 
and like staying up late and, like that out. is a fun babe to be yeah <laughs> reckless babe comes out at night um, <laughs> as it should uh, yeah. by the it way um your hair is amazing oh um, thanks it's awesome it's like i love it it's so it's like curly and just free and i love it so um yeah i was talking to my friend about my hair the other day and talking about how like my mom had put like the keratin treatment in it for like years growing up and always straightened it yeah and like now i'm like actually being like oh this is what my hair like is not you know what I was born with and what it is. And it's kind of like straining the pair, being like a symbol of like, like reducing yourself in a lot of like feminine presentations. Or yeah. like, sort of presenting in that uh, like white American ideal, long straight hair and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I relate to that. Like it's really surreal that moment when you realize, wait, this is how my hair actually is. And I haven't seen it for ever, yeah. or ever, maybe never. And, I, um, I had that experience recently. And... Yeah, actually, I had that growing up in a weird way. Like, because trans, I did the whole guy thing growing up. My hair was always very short because, mm-hmm. you know, good little male figure and all that good shit. But, you know, when I started growing my hair out, it's like, lo and behold, it has a bit of a wave to it and <laughs> oh, yeah. a little curl. And I'm like, whoa, that's so cool. <laughs> so yeah. didn't discover that till I was like 23 or 24. So Never funny. knew. <laughs> yeah. I only stopped blowing out like this part of my hair like a year ago. I'm Ooh. just like letting it be curly. Yeah. Just, it's, it's so much easier, you know? It's, like, oh my God, fair. yeah. Um, and it looks so good. Like, <laughs> just like, yeah. And you look really confident with that hair. So, with the hair? Okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you, do you get any pushback on the hair? Like, you say, oh, you should straighten it. Do any, any of your friends or dates or whatnot? Or what do you, what's your experience since you've been letting, like, what has been your experience since you've started letting your hair be natural? Um, I mean, I go to like an art, it's an art school. And so people are like, yeah, that's cool. Whatever. Yeah. Um, and actually I figured it out more because like my hair in Los Angeles is very different than my hair in Jersey. <laughs> oh. Know, like the dryness out here. Yeah, uh, my mom hates it. My hair being this curly, but I got the approval of my grandmother and her sister um, recently. That's, and that's like that's, that's a the, big deal. That's the end of the conversation. If they like it, then that's it. You know. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, but otherwise, I don't know. My mom doesn't like it. <laughs> yeah. Um, she thinks it should just like calm down a little bit, but I'm like, it's so much easier. Yeah. And much more unique and cool. And- exactly. <laughs> I think it's stylish as fuck, but... Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. But uh, I've also been told I have no sense of style, so who knows what that means. You have. Okay, good. I love your good. sense of style, Ellie. <laughs> <sighs> I think yeah. the only person who has said that about you is your mom, and that's what moms tend to do. Yeah. So, grain of salt. <laughs> so, speaking of moms... Uh, so you grew up here in america correct yeah i did all right uh at what point did you sort of realize that you weren't i would say that you were mixed what point that sort of identity start creeping up on you because i know there's a lot of pressure at least in the people we've spoken to to sort of like when they're growing up to conform to not stand out to not be present as arab or anything like that yeah i guess was there like a time of life when you started when it started like becoming more real to you as something that you were actually like actively thinking about? Um, I think, I mean, I grew up around my mom's side of the family. It's all like the holidays and our birthdays, or is it like um, Nellie, like my grandmother's house? Like, we don't call her Tata or grandma, we just call her Nellie. It's the first thing I don't know. Nice. Like, um, and then, I don't know, I guess I started realizing how much my dad stuck out. You know? Oh, interesting! Like, yeah, giant Irishman who's got like blonde hair and blue yeah. eyes. Um, yeah. And then I guess like as like we matured and like also grew, it was like oh, I guess we like look. I don't know, like somewhat different, but I think it's mostly like seeing 
my dad in this space, people like everyone's just being like super like loud, you know? Yeah. Like, deep, like a different kind of like accent, just like how he speaks, just like, I don't know, just being from like, I don't know, like very American amongst like all of these like Egyptian people. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess that was, I mean like, and then I guess realizing that like in, in general, just like being like Middle Eastern, I think that like, um, I grew up in Jersey, like post 9-11. Um, and so like, I don't know, I knew people who, you know, had like parents die, you know, and there was just like a lot of like firefighters from like my town, like went into New York. Um, and so I guess like realizing that like there were kids who would like hide behind their parents when they saw like my mom and like different stuff like that, that was confusing. Yeah. Um, Wow. And so there were just like weird little like moments like that that I was like, I I don't know what the difference is. My mom's like a mom. Um, right. Yeah. And then just seeing like that kind of difference. Um, but honestly, a lot of like um, unpacking that kind of stuff is something that my sister and I have done like after the fact. Um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh... It's a, it's a lot, you know, I mean, did they take, did it take a, did your parents like take any effort to sort of Americanize you or were you just brought up with the whole big family crowd and being Arab, but not knowing it sort of thing or. Um, I never learned Arabic. <laughs> like, uh, my mom's Arabic, like she gets made fun of for it. Oh no. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so. Yeah, everyone was like, you guys need to learn Arabic, but we just like never did. Yeah. Um, we, we, we get it. Very we're relatable. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're uh, in the right crowd. <laughs> been like, yeah. Yeah. Um, it sometimes it's, really frustrates me that I don't speak Arabic. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's really hard to, after the fact, and then my sister tried to learn, and it was just like, fuck, yeah, I can't. Um, yeah. Every time I try, it's like you hit that wall where you're just like, no, this language is way too complex. Like, I'm too old for this and blah, blah, blah. But. And I think that there was like, um, my dad was like very skeptical of like religion and the church in a lot of ways. Like, yeah. for reasons that I understand, a lot of reasons that I don't. Um, and so we weren't like raised as like completely like within the Coptic church as some of my other uh, cousins. Yeah. Um, and I think that was like due to whatever, like being mixed and like my dad's always having like different kinds of power than my mom's. Um, and we lived a little bit farther away from like most of my cousins who like all um, lived like around this Coptic church in like central Jersey. Um, oh, okay. So they had that connection. Yeah. Just like geographically and like, right, right. kind of dedications to Religion. So, would you go would you go sometimes for like special occasions yeah like baptisms every time there was like a baby <laughs> like everyone go there yeah um and i actually got confirmed in two different churches the roman catholic church as well as the coptic church which is no. just like silly um, Ellie, did you get confirmed anywhere? i don't think so okay so i think that like um confirmation like isn't really the same in like the Coptic Church and the Roman Catholic Church. So I think yeah. it's like this, it was like this weird like baptism confirmation thing that happened when I was like 13 in the Coptic Church. Oh. I was just like, really, whatever, I don't wanna be here. Um, yeah. But that definitely happened. <laughs> yeah, 13 is not the age you wanna yeah. do that stuff usually. Or, you know, be the center of attention anywhere, you know? Yeah. Or like ask to believe in something that's like not yourself in. Like, yeah <laughs> yeah because you're at that age by that age you're thinking about thinking about your stuff yeah like that and i am yeah so do you still identify strongly as coptic or, or like coptic ethnically or not ethnically sort of coptic cultural or coptic religious or both um So my mom's a conspiracy theorist. Nice. 
which is like kind of makes me nervous a lot of times. Uh-huh. So I think that like eventually I need to get my shit together and like figure out like what I believe, you know, just in case. Yeah. Um, which probably I don't know is me joking about it because I'm really scared. But um, <laughs> so a Coptic culturally for sure. I've been to like different masses like out here for like uh, the Coptic Easter and the Coptic uh, Christmas. Um, yeah, just because of like the cer- like the ceremonies are like crazy cool. It's like whoa, what the fuck? Everyone's like. I've never been. Describe it. Yeah, and they're yeah. like um, at the Easter Mass, which is okay. Um, yeah, they they happen like the night before, so it's like okay. Um, at like seven or eight, like the evening, like vespers start, and then like um, like all. Like everyone like comes out and then like Abuna does like his sermons and they're all in Arabic and then like everyone's like singing together. And that's so cool. That's awesome. It's I have videos I could send over. Um, Sounds that, beautiful. Like um and like the they turned out like the lights at one point and they were like had these like kind of like candles like up front and like wow. just the like interiors of these churches are beautiful, like um yeah. Yeah, I don't know, like kind of like with like Byzantine saints and stuff like that. Um, yeah, like I said, just like Coptic imagery, you can look up. Um, and yeah, I know in like the church that is in Jersey, they have these like ostrich eggs that are like hanging from the ceiling, oh. um, that are like super ornate and beautiful. And um, yeah, I don't know, it was just like the sound I like really didn't expect for it to be as powerful as it was. There's like looking around and like, whoa. Like wow. it's just, it was, yeah, it was incredible, and all like the deep voices, you know, too. Of, like, oh wow, Vespers and my my experience, Vespers has always been such a powerful experience. Like, it's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's cool because they had these like screens that like um had like the Arabic, the Coptic, and then the English as well, and so it was like, and the pews are just like full. Like, if people are, like, strolling in late, you know, just, like, being themselves. Yeah. And, like, um, wow. Yeah, so you could, like, read along with what people were singing and saying, and that was, like, really, really helpful thing. That's really cool that they made such an effort to sort of be inclusive to everyone with yeah. the singing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. Um, um, there's been a lot of, like, um, I don't know, not really, like, debate in, like, Coptic churches, um, but, like, about... Like conversion and like what that means and like when or like there's some people who believe that the message should stay like in Arabic you know kind of like preserve that and have success in Coptic but other like um there is like a bunch of churches that open up that are like American Coptic churches um oh. so like there are a lot of stuff that's like in English and they're like kind of more like geared toward people like converting um but I don't know I feel like when I'm <laughs> in the Coptic church you can always see like the white partners or like the partners of somebody else because they're like separated on either side you know so you see this like oh. one like, long dude who's like kind of like, <laughs> on different sides yeah um, or yeah like any like other like ethnicities too um oh funny that's, yeah i don't know but it's like usually very like it's the like Coptic people are like yeah the egyptian like like yeah. if they're in the church and they're most likely egyptian yeah um, yeah so. <laughs> i love it that sounds so beautiful yeah. i know uh ellie's talked about like growing up going to um quite a few church services that were like all in arabic too yeah yes. <laughs> sounds cool but i know in your case it, it was long it was long and like intimidating. The, the ones okay. you went to oh yeah. the the greek orthodox weddings and such yeah because wouldn't they you said all of it would be in Arabic, right? Or depends on which service, but it was always extremely long. Like Yeah. Like eight hour wedding just at the church part. Yeah, know. eight hour wedding sounds <laughs> insane. And this like, isn't like the reception or the rehearsal yeah, or the, the party. party after. No, this is just standing at the altar, praying, hearing about the oh importance of marriage, praying, singing, <laughs> sit, stand, <laughs> kneel. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh. And then, like, not knowing, like, when to do those things so you don't speak Arabic, so you gotta, like, look around constantly and be like, what are they doing? What should I be doing now? Just go with the crowd. That's how it works. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. 
Ellie, when's the last time you went to a, a service like that? Like, like I guess a, a special occasion, I should say, like a wedding or... Uh, well, after a while, I stopped getting invited for reasons. Yeah. So it's been well over 10 years, I think. Oh, okay. So I haven't been in a long ass time. Yeah. But I've also never been a huge church fan. Like, I wasn't really raised in a specific church. I didn't, like, my parents were vaguely Christian types. So, you know, the type, the type to celebrate Christmas, Easter, maybe go to Mass once or twice, maybe. And, mm -hmm. you know, but, you know, no praying over dinner, no, none of that. So mm -hmm. it's just like, I just never got into the tradition of it. And when I got older, I really just questioned the usefulness of it all to me, you know. Yeah, I get it. Totally but get it. I still like the. It's like I don't take any of the cues from religion from my Arab from my Arabic heritage, but I do like a lot of things inside of it, like the food. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> Always comes to back to food as the biggest incentive to do pretty much anything. <laughs> <laughs> go to any special occasion. Yeah. No, oh, it's cool. wonderful. That's why I'm excited to go uh yeah, see my family like, whenever the holidays come around. Are there some good yeah. cooks in the family? Yeah. Yeah. Like uh She knows um, what's up. Yeah. Like like Semya, who's my this like great uncle's wife. Yeah. Uh we call him like yeah, Uncle Mansoor, which is what I call him, though he's like my mom's uncle. Oh, okay, um, but Senia yeah. is like the best cook, like, Ooh. I don't know, like in the family. So whenever she like makes her macarona, um, I don't know, it's, it's like heavenly. What, kinds of, like, what, are, what are your favorite things she makes? Um, I guess her macarona bechamel. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm very, like, American, so I'm probably going to pronounce these in English. So. Oh, I, I get it. <laughs> yeah. Um, no like no problem. Mashi, which is, I guess, like, mashi, which is, like, the stuffed grape leaves. Yeah, the, the mashi is really delicious. Um, yeah, my grandma is, like, super glamorous. Ooh. Um, Fancy. Yeah, so she's, like, oh, it always has, like, steak and stuff like that. And it's, like, kind of crazy. And how yeah. well I eat when I go over there versus like what I'm eating now, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we we know the feel. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Whoa, this is what a full meal is. <laughs> oh my god, Ellie's mom. Four courses later, it's like, oh, I I still have other stuff. Like, don't get up yet. Yeah, or like, did you guys want dessert? You know? Yes. After, like, After like twelve things. Cooking. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, please sit down and ha and enjoy the food with us. And she's like, no, no, I'm okay. Serves coffee, serves tea, serves like third dessert. Yeah. I'm like, mom, we we just came over for tea. I would love to be that person though. When I'm older, just like keep feeding people. Yeah. I, I kind of I'm kind of getting into Ellie's, it myself. Ellie's turning yeah. into that. Cool. Like yeah, I, I, I I see yeah. the appeal. <laughs> Yeah, especially for like introverts like me, because I'm like, well, I don't want to be the center of attention. I don't want to talk all the time, but I also like it. Also makes me really happy just to give them everyone food and be like, here you go. It's it's <laughs> it's super true. yummy. And I guess cooking can be a very introverty thing if you want it to be. But while still maintaining the center of attention and getting <laughs> all the praise. Yeah. And the smells and having people be like, oh, this is so good. Yeah. 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 Yes. It's an art. Mm. It's an art and a science, I guess. Do you live together in your apartment? Yes. Yeah. Oh, so it's a, it's it's pretty small. So like whenever either of us cook something, the entire apartment smells like it. So thankfully, Ellie's a very good cook. And so I often come home and it smells. Oh, uh, just for clear context, we are a couple. We live together. So... I'm more than happy to cook for my girlfriend when she comes home. So, <laughs> I know. It's, it's, so, it's so cool. <laughs> I never so thought I'd be this domestic. <laughs> you you are awesome. Um, I mean, even when you make tabbouleh, 
like tabbouleh. It it's it fills the apartment with this like really fresh, refreshing smell. I love it. That... I never knew what fresh tabbouleh really tasted like till I met Ellie. <laughs> Because I thought, I thought, oh, I don't really like tabbouleh. And now I know why I thought that. Because it was always like, you know, hours or days old. Or a day old, you know, or whatever. Yeah. It's Oh, that's so cool. Did your parents teach you how to cook? Uh, they, My mom tried, sort of. Mm -hmm. She pretty much had a lot of other things going on. She was going to school to get her master's degree. So I kind of picked it up here and there. And... Mm -hmm. And eventually I got this really cool cookbook from one of my friends, Miriam, which has a whole bunch of traditional stuff in it. And it's fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That was really cool. A question that I saw in what you sent us um, that I really liked is like, do you feel pressure to prove you're enough of an identity you're claiming? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and have you thought of an answer to that like yourself you know it's a it's a hard it's a hard one that that one is huge to me because because it's like I guess for me it's like not knowing the Arabic and um growing up in the U.S. and all, all kinds of factors and how that sometimes puts me in these moods like okay I need to prove extra yeah. that I belong somewhere or you know that you have a people that I have somewhere that I belong and it's it's a very rare feeling for me to feel like okay I truly I truly am part of such and such group or whatever um so I'm wondering if you if you've experienced a lot of that too um yeah no absolutely especially like being mixed mm -hmm. um yeah, you get like a lot of stuff. I've gotten, I don't know, I've gotten like a lot of stuff from people who have never met an Egyptian person before. You know, yeah. and they tell me they don't look Egyptian. And, oh, God. oh my God. Yep. Yeah. Like, I totally stuff like that. that, where it's just like, do you even like realize there are still people like in Egypt in the Middle East? You know, right. Like, <laughs> and like, how diverse the region is, too. Yeah. Like, I mean. Um, it's it's just interesting when people try to paint an entire region as if everyone looks a certain way or which is yeah so yes. so silly like even like my family like I probably pass as more Egyptian being like mixed race is just in my my hair my eye color yeah. and another one of my cousins who has like blue eyes you know and like really light hair she goes in the sun yeah um, like we're probably like the same ish complexion we just have like the different noses and um, right. Yeah, but it's just like, and like both of her parents are like Egyptian, like immigrants. Um, but I don't know, I think it's like really silly, like those kinds of just like projections, like of like visual stereotypes of what it is. Yeah. Um, but I think that like in realizing how your worldview is impacted mm -hmm. by that part of your identity, because like I absolutely like see the world in the gaze of like being raised in like a mixed household and like understanding like the expectations of like different genders you know, from, like, an Egyptian gaze. Right. Um, or, like, the importance, like, of, like, values from the church or just, like, I don't know, or, like, different kind of, like, xenophobia that, like, my mom faced and how that impacts, like, her understanding, like, of herself, which, yeah. like, reflects, like, how I understand myself as well. Um, and so, I don't know, like, in, like, realizing, like, these direct lines in which, like, my worldview is directly impacted by these things, I feel like I don't really... I don't know. Like, I am, like, content in myself of being, like, oh, yes, yeah. so, like, I'm, like, Egyptian, make Egyptian, like, Coptic. And, like, my worldview is, like, proof enough of that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I relate. I, I relate to that also claiming, like, being mixed as its own thing. Yeah. Its own identity that is super valid and many people relate to it. And, like, um, that is it's very that's own that's its own unique identity mm -hmm. i actually would so. want to talk to you about that um because yeah. outside of this project i'm working on another project called hybrid bigger with my oh, friend nice. yeah um so and she is half indian like half like louisiana occasion um oh, cool and so like 
we talked about this kind of just like identity as being mixed as can being like separate, you know, like how like we have more in common in our experiences than I might have with just like my Egyptian side of the family or my Irish side of the family. And this mm -hmm. mixed identity is like this new kind of like separate thing that there's like this different kind of like power in, in that like this idea of hybrid vigor is a like um uh like it's a use a term used in like botany and like biology in that like things that are like plants that are bred from like two different like types of something mm -hmm. um usually come out like stronger and taller and last longer yeah um, and, and like how like breeding things and hybridity like. Wow. It creates and like um that happens like in people too <laughs> like wow. mixed kids they're like yeah. apparently like more adaptable because they've like grown up between cultures and within multiple cultures uh -huh. they um generally like are taller you know apparently oh interesting <laughs> and like score better on tests and there's this like idea you claimed like pride in like your mixedness like you can so even like, you can even get past like racial stereotypes of either side because you see that you're separate from them um but wow. doesn't that always feel but don't you do you ever feel like you're an outsider from both sides as a part of that <laughs> hell yeah no, yeah absolutely. yeah um, same here i think that's why that's why it's really important that you know finding this identity as being mixed and yeah and finding yeah. pride in that is something yes. that's very difficult you know yeah because that i i like that point you brought up that there's a commonality among mixed people um regardless of the makeup yeah um that you wouldn't find between i guess like me and my saudi like my cousins grew who grew up in saudi um or your family from egypt um so yeah that's yeah. really cool um, uh, what i guess what form is this project taking so um Shanti is a brilliant animator and one of the most incredible, I don't know, people that I've met out here. Um, oh. yeah, Shanti's been editing like this video piece that we shot like in the end of July. Mm -hmm. um, so we had like seven of us like get together and like ask questions. We asked everyone like interview questions. Like I'm sure you guys get this a lot too. Like, what are you? You know, when people like see you and they're like, they can't quite identify right. because right. you're kind of ambiguous looking. Mm -hmm. um, which happens to a lot of like mixed kids. Mm -hmm. um, and then just like how like you can like identify as seeing like other or like neither or like none as an option to identify with instead of like this kind of like multiracial or biracial, you know, right. like, creating like new language. Um, and I think Mick Egyptian is like also my reaction to that of like needing like a new term to describe like the position of like me and my siblings. Um, yeah. And yeah, then lastly, like, what does pride look like in a mixed identity? So seven of us got together. It was like me, Shanti, my friend Ana East, who's um, Mexican and Japanese, my friend uh, Kamala, who's Japanese and Indian, um, my friend Georgia, who's British and Black, and my friend Jackie, who's like white and Taiwanese, I think. And then um, another friend, Layla, who is um, Iranian and I guess... Salvadorian, um, yeah. So it was like all of us talking about like this experience of like living between identities. I'm and, so um, excited to hear about this. Yeah. <laughs> this amazing. Uh, and so like another big part of when I was hanging out with Shanti, we we're just talking about this thing is like how your parents describe being mixed to you, you know. Um, and so the term hybrid vigor was something that. Um, her mom would always tell her, she'd be like, oh, bigger, you know, you're so strong because of these different parts of you. Um, oh. Well, I was like, what the fuck? That's so That's crazy. So like, I, wow, I had never like, heard that kind of, that. like power, you know? Yeah. Um, but I don't know, I didn't really receive that. There was like these different kind of like stigmas as like my father being like this white man, like having like, like being like idolized in like different ways and how like my mom's side of the family were like less than. Because just like how they spoke English or like my mom was like less than in different ways, um, which I think was definitely like racial. Um, and so there was like these power dynamics that I guess that kind of like internalized in different ways of like, uh, yeah, it wasn't, I don't know. It wasn't like you guys should be excited that you were mixed. There was like always this like growing up and be like, oh, so exotic and exciting. Yes. You yes. Know? 
um, but not the same kind of like hybrid vigor. Like you guys are like stronger. You guys are evolution. Right. Like, got. You're like just be excited about being a hybrid versus uh, one side of the family using all these words making you on the spot. Like you said, exotic or yeah and i know my mom's side it's always with good intent but there are some times when it just feels like okay i get it yeah yeah but uh it's yeah, yeah. it's an interesting yeah it's really cool to hear you articulate it that way <laughs> i i love it so has has the project been currently being is this yeah. an active work in progress or yeah um the video piece um it's still being edited but it's also going to be part of like a workshop um at this art space called the women's center for creative work um in which we're like inviting like oh my gosh shanti like works a lot with humor and so like i do too but shanti like really works with humor so it's like for mixed kids and race mixers (laughs) So people who are in mixed race relationships who are like making mixed kids. Oh, I love it. No. Race mixers. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so like we're having people come through to this event and get these name tags, which say like write their name, their pronouns, if they're multiracial, biracial, yeah. um, neither, other. <laughs> oh, like, I love that. When is uh, that happening? This is happening November 10th. Oh, um, the dates cool. are like pretty soon. If you want to go to New York to Los Angeles, you guys can stay with me. Like, <laughs> oh, sweet. Um, and then another, the last thing on there is like, oh, monoracial. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, I I love this. I wish. Oh, I I'll send you over oh. the proposal thing. Um, yeah. So you can read about the different actions and our schedule for it. That'd be um, awesome. And so we're gonna like screen the video piece. And then we're gonna like open up to like a kind of like group conversation um, in which like folks are just like talking about their experience of like being like mixed and like this question of like who, like what are you right um, and then we're gonna like take turns like like physically like asking like each other that question um, yeah. and then we're gonna go up there and we're gonna talk about how both of our parents kind of described like hybridity to us and our experience with that um and then like we're gonna break off into like different like groups in which people are like we're gonna like have like a set of questions where people are gonna like talk in like smaller groups about like how like they understand their race or like if they're like a race mixer like what that's like um so it's gonna be like kind of like a big like conversation that we're facilitating which i'm really excited oh that sounds amazing and very novel very unique um Something that I'm really excited about uh, is this like map that we're creating. I'm not quite sure like logistically how it's gonna work yet. Um, (laughs) But we want people to like sort of put pins and string between the the, geographically where the mixes are from. So mine would be from like Ireland to Egypt. And there'd be like that line across like Uh, where Shanti would probably probably be from like India and she mostly identifies her dad as being like from Louisiana. So it'd be like going like, all the way across wow. you know, like Europe and the Atlantic. Right. Um, and so then you would see these like different ties, you know. Yes. Um, so visually, I'm super excited to see how that turns out. Yeah. And that reflects movement, migration, mm-hmm. so much reflected in that. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Um, Ah, I'm excited. I'm so, I'm so happy you're creating this space that's definitely not at all there. I mean, hardly. I, yeah. yeah. Um, that's so wonderful. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Thanks for saying that. Um, yeah. Seriously. And something that we've talked about, Shanti and I, is that, like, sometimes people don't even, like, recognize that they are mixed, you know? Uh-huh. Um, I mean, and I think, like, my mix, and probably like, your mix is, like, a very obvious you know yeah like oh like the way arabs are perceived versus the way like white people are perceived like in the u.s right plus um, you've also got what uh one of our guests described is uh, like a quantic or uh, quantum 
like race like no one really calls you out on it until like it's either going to be negative or positive in a in a way you know like oh she's like wait 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 she's arab mm-hmm. gross so much i say yeah i but you know what I'm, you know what i'm saying it's like it doesn't become a thing for certain people till it's like a negative thing you know? oh yeah oh i hear that yeah it's like oh i thought you were white yeah damn <laughs> i hear i get it yeah but yeah and like i guess like um i mean i'm like white pot passing in like a lot of circumstances um and so there's we also like talked about like ambiguity in like different spaces like i went to like a, the gas station buying some like a cheap bottle of wine before going to a party mm-hmm. and like this person like working there um was like looking at me you know like squinting and like I passed my ID, my name's like Caitlin, spelled the Gaelic way because of like white supremacy in the United States. Um, <laughs> and he was like, "Oh, I thought I thought you were Middle Eastern, you know." Um, and I was like, "Oh no, I am." <laughs> Just like, oh wow. Like, Next, um, I don't know. Yeah. That was because yeah, like, and he was like, "Oh, I'm from Jordan." And I was like, "Oh yeah, my mom's from Egypt." <laughs> you know, like, yeah. It's this. I know it's still kind of a it's it it always ends up either very well or very badly Uh, like in my experience like I am I pass white until I really don't Mm -hmm. people people really try to pigeonhole each other Mm -hmm. and kind of simplify other people yeah experience and rather than remember how complex all of us are yeah so uh so now the other end of that queer identity like do you do you identify as queer <laughs> yeah. uh so we're 10 oh so now the harder one uh queer identity do you identify as queer what flavor yeah absolutely <laughs> what flavor? i identify as queer i guess as a queer woman uh sometimes i identify as a lesbian sometimes not uh i don't know it depends um I think it was like really hard for me. It took a really long time for me to realize and fully like accept it mm-hmm. um, because of like the looming disappointment of my family. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like if it was true, you know, like yeah. if it was like really the case, if I'm like actually queer and just being like unsure for a really long time. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I moved pretty far away from home and like in like a very like um supportive of like queerness like community i guess like at cal arts or like with the friends i have are like mostly queer um nice and so yeah like it took me yeah, yeah and i'm like pretty comfortable like in it now awesome. um yeah. yeah but i i don't know i guess i'm you know, living in la so astrology is like a big thing um oh yeah <laughs> yeah i'm a capricorn and sometimes me too Oh, really cool! This is a Capricorn. Mixed, this is this it's is a mixed Capricorn show. Oh, that's this awesome. is officially a Capricorn. And podcast. actually, Ellie is Capricorn too. So really, oh yeah. my god! After this, we need to we should tell each other our birthdays. Our charts? Well, yeah, we need to tell each other our birthdays after this. Ah, oh god, I'm so excited. Um, so sometimes I feel like a super Capricorn in that like I tried like really hard to like know what being gay is. So I like. Mm-hmm. read a lot of like queer like, fiction like i like worked with the los angeles lgbt center and like with the queer archive in la and so i don't know like i kind of like have like, a more methodical like understanding of like queerness in los angeles versus like queer spaces like clubs and like um i don't know my friends like make fun of me oh what? that makes yeah. fun. Um, i guess what? it's like, kind of, like a nervous thing maybe um, no, she said her friends make fun of her. Yeah, for just like, this is like how like queer like women and non-binary folks find each other in LA. They hear a list of all the different nights and like. Yeah. Oh, oh, so you, you basically yeah. you basically had to write your lesbian thesis before you were allowed in the club or something. <laughs> yeah, that no, is yeah, very sure. Capricorn. Uh, very organized. Very like yeah, the methodical. Yeah, like anything about just like. Queer archives, like queer volunteering, you know, like. Oh my God! I'm gonna admit I did something similar. 
Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. see, the Capricorn came out. <laughs> like when I was trying to figure out the whole trans thing, I read like all the books. Like when I went to the bookstore, hiding in the back of the bookstore in the nineties, like reading about in the tiny ass gay section, and I was like, so. But but I also was like, wait, all these people are white people. Mm-hmm. So I was like, do queer Arabs exist? Yeah. Yeah. And now we're having took a while to. And now we're sort of having our moment. Yeah, we're having our moment. Finally. Yeah, all across the country. I know. It's amazing. Uh, It's the best feeling. Um, Well, I guess. Wow, we hit like an hour. So, um, where can people follow you or find you, or how can people contact you if you want? If not, they can. Reach out through you us. You can put my email on the website. Okay. Uh, cool. but my Instagram account is Meatspace2000. Yes, it is. Wait, wait which kind of meat? The which kind? M A T like chicken. Ah. <laughs> yeah. We follow each other. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Which is so exciting. I was like, oh my god, they can see. Oh me. my god. I know. Um. Yeah. Cool. Uh, email, Instagram a lot. Instagram shit posting a lot. Perfect. Account, so you can be like, oh, hey. Yeah. Um, and then Coptic Dave, Coptic Dyke um, is going to be in Mark Redaction in New York. And yeah. Hybrid Vigor is happening in Los Angeles. Um, maybe I can also send you information about that when I have more of it together. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll put, it'll all be posted to the website. So anyone who wants to attend in New York yeah. or Los Angeles can do what they well, need to. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever you have the info and send it, we can add it. Um, cool. As the, the listeners, uh, for people listening, this is dropping, this is publishing in like less than 12 hours, fewer than 12 hours. So some stuff might not be posted right away, but um, yeah, we will add as needed. So Ooh. yeah. Oh my God. I'm so stoked for you. Like you have some great <laughs> projects coming up. And Oh, thanks. I'm really excited. Yeah. I'm really grateful. Um to have found out about your podcast and to talk to you guys about these things. I'm uh, so glad we got to connect. Yeah, this is, this is awesome. Um, so you said you are comfortable with us posting the document that you sent us? Um, Up to you. Or we can post like parts of it. I'm going to edit it because there's definitely stuff in here which I was like feeling riskier. Than. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I got you. Um, so you can find us at thequeerarabs.com. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at thequeerarabs. And you can email us at thequeerarabs at gmail.com. So thank you all for listening. Thank you, Katie, for being here. Thanks for having me. One thing I want to add after the fact, um, if you are enjoying this content, we really appreciate it if you could review and rate us on iTunes. It makes a huge difference. Thank you.